Blog Talk Radio. Thanking last week's guest, uh, Ms. Jasmine McAlpin. Uh, very good conversation regarding home entrepreneurship and the travel agency business. Uh, this Thursday night, we're going to jump right into the show. Got a brother, very conscientious brother, who's actually rep- representing Bowlingbrook High School and the University of Illinois. He is the chairman and CEO at Universal Maze Jack Enterprises Incorporated. He has his own talk show every Wednesday night from 7 to 9 on UBM, urbanbroadcastmedia.com, called Let's Talk. And we're going to talk. We're going to bring on and welcome. Appreciate Mr. Mays Jackson. How are you doing today, Mays? Hi. I'm doing great, Keith. Thank you for having me on. Uh, you got me off of Facebook, and we gave me a call, and I was extremely happy to be able to join you tonight on your show. Uh, and I appreciate it. Uh, before we go, go uh, further, I, I wonder if we should maybe start off with a moment of silence for the Chicago Bulls. What do you think? Uh, did you say a moment of silence for the Chicago Bulls? You're breaking my heart, man. You're breaking my heart. I think they're uh, talking about breaking up our team, man. They're talking about breaking up my team and shipping everybody away. What do you think about that? Well, it's too bad they couldn't keep Nate Robinson. 
and because he would have been doing the same thing this year, I believe he did last year. They got a little cocky with it, uh, and they almost have no choice. This team is playing with no no character. They're they looking like a whole. They're looking like the uh, uh, what's the guy's name of Floyd Tim Floyd team almost. <laughs> you know what? I uh, it's funny that you would say that because today I was talking to my one of my colleagues, and we were suge- we were both saying that. He asked me what was wrong with the Bulls, and I said that the fact that we didn't have Nate Robinson was really a tough, tough, tough issue for us. Letting Nate Robinson go was probably the worst mistake the Bulls made. I think he was the spark plug for last year. You know, he reminded me of Vinny Johnson. I don't know if you remember Vinny Johnson back in the day who played for Detroit, who used to come in and just get the team fired up and drop 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 a quick 20 on you and blow up. They called him the microwave because they'd get hot quick. Well, he was easily and the that's MVP. That's how I feel about Nate Robinson. Yeah, well, he was the MVP of the team last year, and he could have got a couple of votes to vote to as MVP of the league. I mean, that's far-fetched, but, I mean, he he was right there. He was definitely the most valuable player to that team. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And now with Derrick Rose being gone, man, I'm going to tell you, I think that – I really think that um, – it really just demoralized the Bulls. Yeah. I think it just really demoralized them. I think it took their heart. And, and when Derrick Rose went down, I think they had so many hopes and so many so many things relying upon Derrick Rose. And when he went down, I just think it took the air out of the field. I'm here to tell you, I was ready to I was ready for our championship. And when Derrick Rose went away, I, I, I didn't want to be on a – I don't even like to watch – basketball right now. I still haven't even started really watching basketball again because it's really just breaking my freaking heart. I can relate. I can totally relate to how you feel, man. But anyway, uh, I uh, I have so many, I have a tendency sometimes to get a little scatterbrained. I have so many thoughts and things. I think so much. And one thing I'm just wondering, what what's taking the Fed so long with, with uh, prosecuting Zimmerman? I mean, either they're going to do something or not. Uh, I don't understand this thing, man. What, what, what is your take on that? And, uh, what, what are the people on your show? Have you discussed this at all on, uh, on Let's Talk? Uh, you know what? We have not really discussed Zimmerman too much. We talked about him a little bit, but not to the extent of the prosecution. And I'm glad you brought that up. You know, I think that uh, this George Zimmerman thing, I think that the federal government is just hoping that it dies down. I think that they don't even really want to touch it because I think that America is, like, teetering on the edge. And I think that if they try, particularly if President Obama tries to attack, or not to attack, but tries to prosecute George Zimmerman, there are going to be significant repercussions, I believe, in the in the white world. And I think that right now it's, we're sitting on a tender, uh, uh, a tender keg of racial and gender and all type of issues that America has not really had to face and needs to be prepared to face very soon. Yeah, and I, I think you're right because I think that that one side, which is that the supremacist side, is so sensitive that who knows what that can trigger. But, I mean, what do you do? Just uh, keep ignoring like, and, and they just keep killing us? Like, it, It's almost like it's opened the doors for... Uh, 
and it's had an influence on people out here, just like the young lady in Detroit who, who was shot, right, just looking for help for her car. It's almost like that's just the, the thing to do these days, and, and the result of Zimmerman has a lot to do with that. So we got it. Something has to be done. Well, I'm going to tell you, I believe that the George Zimmerman situation um, has really reconfirmed that it is open season on black people. I, I say this all the time. I say that in the racial hierarchy, black folks have dropped to the fourth place. And I believe that it's black, I mean, it's white, it's Asians, it's Mexicans, then it's blacks. And I think that we have allowed ourselves to be co-opted and joined into everybody else's issues, so much so to the point that we've gotten to the point where it is literally open season on black people, and no one really cares. No one, I mean, it's like, so what a kid. So what a kid um, gets killed, a young black kid gets killed. Let that be a young white kid, and what do you think the difference would have been? Oh, well, as, as Michael Vick, we learned from Michael Vick, let it be a dog. I mean, it, you know, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, another thing, this kid knockout game that's been talked about more recently, and it's almost to me like, we have been systematically so desensitized, our kids, and especially through these nonsense violent video games, the lyrics of rap music has, has come to pass, and it's like they're taking this stuff to heart. There, there's no feeling. There's no moral, no conflict resolution. We are in a zombie-like state. Uh, unfortunately, it's almost like, you know, I hope we can get through to the kids before they get to that, graduate to that state to where they're participating in, in, in such a uh, act out there. But I tell you, if we don't, man, you know, something has to be done. And hopefully we can get through, but I'm almost to the point of saying, you know, uh, people up in age and these seniors and senior citizens and so forth, they, they're pretty much going to have to arm themselves just to have some kind of sense of security. I mean, what, what do you think on that? Well, I think that what's really unfortunate is, and, you know, I had a, yesterday on my show I had um, Dr. Conrad Worrell, and we were discussing this very issue, the issue of the generation, where did the civil rights movement go wrong to the point that black folks, that there is no passing of, what we did last generation into this generation. And I'm going to tell you like this. If you're playing a knockout game around me, I hope you do. You, you are liable to get killed. Because if somebody walks up on me while I'm with my child, my, my family, anybody that I care about, and they try to play the knockout game, what are you supposed to do? Are you not supposed to defend yourself? I'm an old man at this point. If I if, if at this point if somebody come up trying to knock me out, they might take me out for real. And with that in mind, I have to always be ever vigilant. And so I think that we should have uh, the right to bear arms to protect ourselves. Uh, absolutely. I mean, that don't mean that you just go out and there should be licensing. There should be some kind of training. There should be some kind of consciousness as far as how to utilize it and so forth. I agree with all that. But as far as people who I hear talking about, well, you shouldn't have this and that. Well, I tell you what, if you don't want to have that, then don't you have one. 
But I, I have a right, and I deserve a right to defend myself. And I'm too old. I can't be fighting these 25-year-old kids. I get my ass whooped. You know, I just can't do it no more. So, uh, you got to I ain't going to say I'm going to get my ass whooped. I, don't, I ain't going to say I'm going to get my ass whooped. <clears throat> but I'm going to tell you what, I ain't got time to be fighting. And I well, think that any jury, I think that any jury would hear me out. But what is what what is interesting is, are we saying, uh, what if the knockout game occurred in was being played in the in Florida? Do, you know, I, let me back up. What I believe with this knockout game is, we should have the right to defend ourselves and be able to carry a weapon. I say not concealed. I'd rather just carry my pistol on my belt without um, without any reserve or anybody saying that I couldn't do it. Because I believe that with this, this knockout game, it's really putting us in a very, very precarious position. What is a man supposed to do? Yeah, well, now now it can be said, hey, he, he was walking he was walking up on me now. I might, didn't want to get knocked out. Boom, bam. Now, another, you know, they develop another reason to put us out and kill us. Uh, it's, it's, it's holding your ground now. It's uh, you know fear of a knockout. So I, I I don't I don't know. It's uh, unfortunate. I think a lot of this has to do that is accumulation of time with the, the violence and the video games and the music, and uh, it's systematic. It's, it's it's not. It's done by design. This is not an accident. The system is ahead of us. It it, it has it. so. Uh, We'll see what happens, man. But like you say, I mean, I, I, you said it better. Uh, you just don't have time to be out there fighting. I should have put it in that way. I don't want to seem like I'm just going to just wimp over. It don't work like that either. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just being, you know, I don't want, no, I don't want nobody out there getting no ideas or feeling like it's something, they, you know, something to be considering. That stated, I ain't got time to be fighting nobody. So if you're going to come step to me, you should be prepared for whatever is whatever comes with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, it seems like, and I was trying to do some reading up on this today, I, I, it, was, it did as much as I kind of could, it seemed like Mr. R. Kelly is really, really swirling the airways these days. And uh, I guess it has to do with his most recent uh, uh, CD he has out. Is, is that your understanding? You, you know, what, what's your in, input on that? Well, I think what happened is um, R. Kelly dropped a new album entitled Black Panties. And in, as part of the program for him dropping the Black Panties album, he launched a Facebook, uh, not a Facebook, but a hashtag, a Twitter hashtag called Ask R. Kelly. With that Ask R. Kelly hashtag on Twitter, I think that he thought that everybody forgot, but they obviously didn't. And so basically what they did was they started asking him a million questions about being a child molester, which then provoked um, which then provoked the um, provoked the village voice to interview the reporter who was involved in the original R. Kelly 
investigation Jim D. Rogatis, who broke the story. Jim D. Rogatis did an interview in the Village Voice that really broke down the whole R. Kelly scenario. And I think what wound up happening was I think what wound up happening was there was such a tremendous backlash with the Ask R. Kelly and the article that it kicked up all of this old stuff and a lot more information that is now available to the public. And I think that R. Kelly got comfortable and thought that people forgot. <coughs> Which is totally incompetent. Maze, I have, looks like I have a call around uh, for us. Can you want to take a call right quick? Go ahead. Let's take a call. Okay. I'm going to tell you. Hey, welcome to Everyday People. Who do I have here? Hello. Welcome to We Are Everyday People. Are you with us? Caller, are you there? I don't know. I didn't push any buttons. Can you hear me? I can we hear can you. We can hear you. We can definitely hear you. Oh, you can hear me. Oh, Go ahead, I didn't know I was. Yes. I thought I was just listening. Go ahead, Caller. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, oh, I am on. Okay. I hope you can hear me okay. Um, yes, well, we my can. name Tell is Harold. Name, I, uh, Harold is my first name. Okay. And. Um, I'm just uh, tuned in. Uh, I saw it on Facebook, and I just uh, uh, listened to it a little bit. Um, I think um, uh, you mentioned something about R. Kelly and and his and some things he's done in the past and so forth. Um, and I don't know the whole story except for what I've read. Uh, I will say that um, uh, he he basically was. Uh, just trying to put out an album, make it controversial, and uh, and try to make some money because he's a he's basically a commercial artist. Uh, he's got some very good uh, uh, abilities when he puts them in, into the right use, but I think in this case, uh, it was more of commercial and uh, him trying to trying to uh, sell the albums. Um, I don't know what he's done as far as selling this particular album because I haven't heard a lot about it, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not up to it. Have you heard a lot about what he what, what he yes. has sold, or has he sold a lot of albums, or he's just getting a lot of negative publicity? You know what I think that uh, he was. I don't think that he intended to kick up the controversy that he did. I think that R. Mm-hmm. Kelly thought that by. I think that he actually thought that people forgot um, about what happened. And so ultimately, mm-hmm. I think that he just got a little cocky and came out mm-hmm. there with that Ask R. Kelly hashtag. And mm-hmm. what wound up happening was people tore his ass off and they reminded him of the incident that he had with the young 14-year-old girl in right. which he urinated on a young girl and it all it brought all of it back, which then triggered an article being written in the Village Voice. The Village Voice right. interviewed original reporter who broke the R. Kelly story and right. and that's what really kicked everything back up and people were pissed off 
people re- were reminded that they were pissed off. Now I'm looking okay. at Access Showbiz, and it's telling me that R. Kelly's Black Panties showed up at number four on the record on the art on the album chart. Wow. And he is that uh, is that in a is that in a certain category? Is it R and B or is it pop or oh, no, he, or what? It was the whole. It was it's the 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 pop chart. So it's everything. Okay. And so he sold okay. 133,000 copies thus far. So uh, with Beyonce selling 600. So for comparison, R. Kelly sold 133,000. Beyonce sold 617,000 in the same week, and she did absolutely no promotion. R. Kelly did all of that and got nothing. So I think that R. Kelly's time is really winding down. He's made some great music in the past, but I think the clock is ticking. Yeah, this one is going to Thanks for hard. calling, Harold. Thanks, Harold. Appreciate the call. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Okay. All right. Well, look at that, Keith. You got callers and everything. Look at that. Well, hey, that hey, is hey. hot. I'm, I must have the right guest. I tell you, it makes a difference. Shout out to Harold Arnold. Shout out to Harold Arnold. And shout Absolutely. out to Lynette Warby himself, who hitting us up on Facebook. Absolutely. Uh, man, I have. What else stuff. you got? Well, I have. Hit me a, with some. One one thing. Uh, Lately, what's really going on with the and, and I and the thing I hate about what I'm about to say is you have to be so damn careful saying it, and you'll, the obvious reasons as you'll hear when you talk about the LGBT movement, and I, I'm all That's for too I'm all for more power to whoever and whatever you want to do, hallelujah, do your thing, it's, but. What I run into a lot is because I disagree with the con- I cannot relate to it, period, and I disagree with the concept, but it's, it's being turned around now that if you disagree with it, then you are the one that has the problem. And Exactly. It, 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 it's baffling me, and it kind, of, it kind of pisses me off because I'm just saying, hey, I don't agree with it. Oh, but you homophobic. Well, you can't just force. I'm not trying to force nothing. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. I, I don't I don't agree with it. Uh, I, I don't. I personally, I mean, I, I have kids and grandkids, and uh, it just gets bothering because the system is promoting the fact that everything is okay. This is fair game. It's all cool and good. I just happen to disagree. What 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 kind of feedback are you getting from the people who you're talking with on this subject? And what what is your take on that also? My take on the gay thing is this, and I want to make sure that all the gay people out there listening know that there's nothing wrong with being gay. I'm not, I'm not persecuting anybody. I am not gay bashing. Like, to each his own. Now let me say that first. Now, what I will say is that I do believe that the gay rights movement has gelled around their issue and have been very effective at bringing it to the forefront. And now being, I don't think that they are now at an equal stage. I believe, honestly, that they are at a, uh, they're not trying to get equal rights. They're trying to get more rights. And they're no longer offense or trying to be neutral. They are on the offense. 
Yeah, and, and, and I tell you, one thing they've showed is what a, a political uh, a voting block can do for you. I mean, actually, we, us black people, could stand to learn, could stand to learn a lot from that movement if we would just do it. Uh, they've gotten to the political realm, and uh, they're doing their thing. And apparently they're doing it right. And, and more power to them, uh, but I just happen to disagree. I mean, I mean it's, it's as simple as that. So there's nothing wrong with me either. There's nothing, 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 nothing wrong with you, but I can't relate, so that takes care of that. Just curious as to what, what, what you're thinking of, if it was on that and what kind of feedback you were getting. Uh, as far as the time man of the year, I've heard some uh, talk on stations and as far as the Pope being the man time of the time man of the year, and uh, uh, I saw Matt McGill had a Facebook post out asking who would who would you pick, and I don't know with with, with the Pope and more more power to that also, but it, it just seems to me like there's a lot of still unanswered situations going on within that whole under that whole umbrella, and uh, I mean more time can vote whoever they want as man of the year. I just think that some house cleaning needs to be done. Uh, some things need to be exposed, some people need to be excommunicated, and uh, when that happens, then yes, I definitely believe that uh, the Pope should be Man of the Year. Uh, have, have you covered any of that on your uh, Let's Talk show on Wednesday night? Uh, we have not covered the Man of the Year situation. However, I do believe that that is a real... Uh, you know, I... I I'm, I'm not a fan of the Catholic Church. No, I, no disrespect to the Catholic Church, but I'm not a big fan. Um, but I also think that this Pope is taking on a significant chunk. This Pope is really fighting the fight. Okay. Well, let's say that I do believe that he probably is somewhere in the process has not done as much as he could have done. However, what I will say is he is a lot more vocal than any print, any pope that I've seen here lately. Okay. So, as the man of the year, you know, I think that there's a lot worse choices they could have made. Okay. Y'all have to... Uh kind of dig in a little, a little bit more on that. That was, just my, that was my initial thought. I'm open-minded. I can be converted. I can be changed. If something comes up that makes more sense. Well, I don't want to convert you. I, I mean, I don't get, no, 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 don't no, get no. it wrong. It ain't like I'm like, it's not like I'm like, ooh, I got to have it. I'm down with this post. I just want to, I'm very interested, though, in the premise of, the, of I'm very intrigued by the thing that he said thus far. Well, what I meant by what I said is just that you saying that it's going to just maybe I'll just uh, just do, do my homework, you know, which I try to do anyway. I'll just do more homework and uh, focusing on that to see what, you know, if that is a safe take I can get on it. You know, that's what I meant by open-minded uh, and not being a closed-minded on, on everything. It's nothing worse than a closed-minded fool, believe me. So I, I try not to be closed-minded. <laughs> well, just a couple of more things. Uh, I know that... Mm, did you you mention about Mandela a few days ago? Did you, as far as just just out of curiosity, and I was kind of on the same. That's kind of one of the reasons why I decided to uh, try to get you on because it seemed like a lot of things that you were saying were hitting on the same line of thought that I, I had. And 
I, I was kind of real careful about some things, and you had mentioned that. You know, we talked the other day, and I was saying, well, you know, I need to know more. I need to know. Maybe I'm just ignorant as far as what what he's done. But you had mentioned as far as the, the 27 years in prison, and I, I know the problem I had was that once he got out of there, the first thing that one thing he did was let the people go. Uh, pretty uh, who was causing all the havoc over there in South Africa. Did you talk about this? Here's what I think about the Nelson Mandela situation. First of all, I think that Nelson Mandela was a victim of Stockholm Syndrome. But I'm going to back up and say, first of all, I do not want to diminish or take away from whatever that Nelson Mandela achieved. I don't want to take anything away from it. I'm just not sure exactly what it is that he achieved. For Nelson Mandela to assume the uh, presidency, he was first, they first took away control of the military. He had to agree to give up as the, as the president of the country. He could not control the military. And they had to, now dig this, the only country in Africa that was allowed to have nuclear weapons was controlled by a white government. When the black government took over, they had to dismantle the nuclear weapons first. So, Nelson Mandela basically traded, in my mind, a few slots. He took a few slots and left the rest of the people behind. Why shouldn't the black people... I'm not saying they should have murdered or killed anybody in no way, shape, or form. But what I am saying is, why should not the black people have had access back to their land the way that they had it before? Why did it have to be that we have to be so extra fair to everybody else to the point that we cut ourselves out? So that's how I feel on that Nelson Mandela stuff. Not to say that he was a bad guy. I'm just saying... And if I was in jail for 27 years and you said, let me out, I'll let you out. If you don't kill me, I'll be like, okay, I won't kill you. Let me out. Now I probably would have killed you. (laughs) 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 If you would have put me in jail for 27 years unjustly, I would have said whatever it took to get out. Yeah. When I got out, I would have killed you. (laughs) Well, everything would have not been okay. That's what I'll say. Somebody would have had to pay the price. I mean, all you have to do is go to South Africa right now and look at the situation and see the situation that the black folks are in over there now, and you'll know that it wasn't the best deal they could have got, even close to the best they could have got. I think see one last thing. On uh, Salim Muakil's Facebook, he he, he had mentioned about, are you familiar with the Farrakhan defending of Conway Kanye West? Say that again? Are you familiar with... uh, Minister Farrakhan, he was uh, just advising Kanye West to not apologize to the ADL, Abraham Fox and the Net Group, for uh, statements that, well, actually two statements he had said, uh, you know, regarding uh, the Jews. No, tell me about it. Well, he pretty much, uh, as as far as the support base, he, he, he was just pretty much saying how talking about how they, they their control of uh, everything, and he, I believe he wanted to 
some type of promotion that he wanted to do. I'm kind of getting uh, getting blocked here, but he made a comment as far as them having control of so much and uh, you know, say us not being able to get through and get to some of the goals that we have to be in general general talk about it. So Minister Farrakhan was pretty much just saying, hey, don't apologize because what you said was true. That's pretty much the bottom line with that. Well, what I believe is, uh, I didn't hear about that, but that, I, I'm going to say this because, again, I live in this world and I ain't trying to take myself out of there. You know, I tell the truth that that's, that's not an issue I'm ready to go down for. What I will say, though, what I will say is that there is truth to it, and it does make sense that Minister Farrakhan would discuss that issue with Kanye because that's really right up, I mean, he's been saying that forever, right? That there is, and I think that we know, I mean, I think that we want to, I think it's just really on how you say it, but we know that the Jewish community controls a significant amount of shit that goes, ooh, excuse me, things that go on in the world. And it's not, it's like, you just, sometimes people make it like it's a bad thing to say it. They know it. They're in control of a lot of stuff. And they've made themselves be in a lot of control of a lot of stuff so that they can be in control of their own destiny. And I think that Kanye wasn't dissing them. He was actually, in my mind, admiring this and saying, man, I want to be, I know who he is, and I want to be like you. And that's, that's ultimately what I see in that. And I don't think that, I, don't, I, I think he sees them as people that are denying access to power, but acknowledging that they are the power. So I would. It makes logical sense that the, that uh, Minister Farrakhan would agree with Kanye on that. It makes logical sense. I mean, shit is the truth. It really is. Yeah, it's not even it, in a derogatory manner. It's just the fact. Exactly. It's, it's it's not in a bad way. It's just saying, hey, you you you, you got it. You got the ball. You know, I just I just let me dribble a little bit. You know, and hey, that's right. It. That's, that's well, Kanye ain't saying he want to dribble a little bit. Kanye's saying he want to be an owner of a team eventually. Yeah. And that, my friend, is the challenge. You can dribble all day. How many David Stearns are there in on the on the basketball floor? David Stern probably can't hit a, a basket to save his life. But he got about a whole bunch of people dribbling. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. So you can travel all day long. This is when you want to own the team. I hear you, man. But I know that uh, we, we talked before, and you got uh, you, you pretty much given me the time that uh, we talked about, and I, I really appreciate you coming on. But I do want to know if there's anything uh, uh, that you might want to share with everyday people in closing, or any, anything spiritual. Yeah. Wherever you want to go with it. Well, I don't have anything spiritual, but I do want to say thank you, Keith, for having me on your show tonight, uh, Dare to Be Different. Um, it has been an awesome opportunity. I look forward to getting the podcast. I'll be sharing it with my friends. want to send a special shout-out to my kids, Milan and Maison, 
want to send a shout-out to my mom, my sister, to Neil, my niece, Reagan. I also want to uh, just re- let you all know that the men of that are the, the 100-year centennial celebration for the men of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated will be occurring January 9th, where my chapter, the dark side, where I am the president-elect, will be having our Founders Day celebration at Little Black Pearl, located on 47th Street, and I hope that you all will come out. It is from 9 p.m. until tomorrow, to the next day. Uh, Keith, thank you for having me on the show. I'm going to ask everybody to tune in to Let's Talk with Major Jackson every every, every Wednesday from 7 to 9 on www.urbanbroadcastmedia.com. Thanks, bro. I appreciate you. We'll take me to talk with you later, babe. Okay, and uh, that was a nice change of pace. I was hoping to uh, get someone on who I could uh, dialogue on these subjects with. I'm not really good at the monologue, at, at talking like a lot of people. Even even Mays is really good at it. If you listen to his show, he's really good at uh, monologuing it. At, talking on a subject without having to be a dialogue with another individual. I'm not, I'm not quite that. I don't have that gift yet, but I'm, I'm working on it. But like I said, you ought to take his show out on, uh, on Wednesdays on urbanbroadcastmedia.com from 7 to 9. Very good show. Uh, also want to say that uh, tomorrow night we've got the House of Bing, Mo' Better Jazz with the uh, founder and CEO of Mo' Better Jazz, Joe Stroder. Great world-class jazz and an old-school element, 6930 South Shore Drive, starting at 8 o'clock. Uh, second show usually starts at around 10.30, I believe. But just get there, and uh, believe me, you'll, you'll be glad you did. Uh, you also, show me some love and support if you're in that direction. Uh, we got a lot of love and support to go around. But uh, I'm going to uh, close it out here and uh, let everything marinate. And hope everybody has a nice weekend. And if you celebrate the holidays, have a nice holiday. And in the name of whomever or whatever, your spiritual power. <laughs>